for today, I uh, wanted to take uh, the opportunity that we have with many of our uh, youth or, or our kids which have been away from home that are back for the holidays. And I wanted to get, uh, have a, a lot of time today just hearing from them. So here's the big idea. Uh, many of our kids went through high school and went through youth group and then they have a transition. They leave home, they go and do other things. And the question that I'm interested in and I want to uh, have shared with you today is from a faith standpoint, how did our kids and a different, whole, we're going to hear from four different uh, of our youth, kids, teens, 20-year-olds, 20-year-olds, um, let me get that right, 20-year-olds, uh, how they all managed to stay excited about Jesus? Because uh, one of the sort of statistics, the, st the sad statistics would be, you know, uh, youth come through youth group and uh, as soon as they have the chance to go to university, or to leave home, they also leave church and they leave faith. And there's this big drop-off. Well, you know, I'm kind of like pleased in, in our church, uh, you know, for a fairly small church, uh, we've had a fairly good record of our youth uh, really enjoying youth group and being connected in youth group. Uh, and then when they got the opportunity to be on their own, they've actually found their own walk with the Lord. And so that's what I would like you guys to hear. How did that, how did that happen? What are they doing? How are they still excited about uh, Jesus in really just in different, uh, in different categories? But let me just uh, open up, uh, set the stage here by uh, reading from uh, Third John, the book of Third John. And uh, it says this. This is a letter from John the Elder. I am writing to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Uh, even that little sentence is kind of interesting. You know, the emphasis here is how are you doing spiritually? Like that's your first concern. And then, by the way, I hope you're doing okay health-wise. You know, normally we'd be the other way. How are you doing physically? And then maybe we'll get to asking how they're doing spiritually. But anyway, uh, some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. Now, here's the verse I want you to notice. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. You see, so... John got it. He said, okay, look, uh, you know, uh, w what's really significant is how are people uh, walking out their faith walk with the Lord? And in this particular case, when he's saying children, he's not talking about physical children. He's talking about like spiritual children, like the people he's brought to the Lord and have been walking with the Lord and the teachers in the Lord. And, um, uh, and that's the emphasis. And given that I've just preached like a third of this book, I might as well just finish the book. Uh, and that is, there's two other points that gets made in this book. One is, be nice, be very hospitable. And that's the other point. And this, the last point in the book is, be good to preachers. <laughs> Pay for them. Uh, <laughs> okay, now we just uh, preached uh, like one whole book in the Bible. There's only 65 left to go, uh, but we covered one today. 
And so without any further ado, uh, let's have Caitlin Leffingwell uh, come, come up and, and share. Thank you, Caitlin, for being so brave. Stand right up here on the stage if you need the... You don't have notes, so you don't need a lectern. I'll take flying blind. <laughs> flying blind. Oh, man. Okay, there's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, yep, my name is Caitlin. I grew up uh, in an awesome Christian family. I don't even know if they're here yet. Look at... Oh, yeah. Look at them. They <laughs> came on them. time today. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, awesome Christian family. They come on time to church all the time. And um, so, yeah, I grew up being taught who God is and how important Jesus is. Uh, my parents really deeply loved Jesus, and that was kind of passed on to me in a lot of ways in just the way that our family operated. Uh, we also went to Christian schools, for better or for worse, growing up. And uh, that happened to work well with my style, but... Uh, it was a real blessing in a lot of ways to, to just know the truth from a very young age. Um, and then we moved to Massachusetts, we found this church, we plugged in, and it was pretty awesome. Um, and then middle school happened. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And um, I started struggling a lot with, with who God is and the things that I've been told about him. I mean, I've been told all my life that God is good, God is good, God is good. God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, blah, 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 blah. Um, and for our family, we went through a lot of chronic health issues. Um, I personally started going through a lot of struggles with anxiety and depression, um, which for those of you, those of us who have been through that or are going through that, you know it's a small sentence that means a lot. Um, but. I just started wrestling with, can God be good if these things are happening to people who love him and who have devoted their entire lives to him? How can he treat them this way? And um, so with those struggles, I kind of grew. I, it, was, it was a wrestling. It wasn't ever really a detachment, but it was very much an antagonistic relationship uh, where I did not like God and didn't trust him and didn't really believe that who he was or who he said he was um, was actually his character. Um, and so all through middle school and high school, this got worse and worse and worse until right after my 18th birthday, I had what I call the God moment, <laughs> the God encounter, the biggest one at least so far in my life, where um, I was in my bedroom sobbing and really coming to the conclusion, sort of not really, you know, a voice from heaven, but I would kind of say that it was God speaking to me, the conclusion that I needed to either give my life completely to him or I was going to take it. Um, because I was at a point where it felt very hopeless and not worth anything. And so being the kind of stubborn, frustrating person that I am, I decided, fine, God, you can have my life. It's not worth anything anyway. <laughs> and you're going to screw it over anyway. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I was very bitter still. Um, I was a bitter convert. And so um, I, I did. I just decided, okay, this is the moment. I'm going to start giving things over to God and see what he does with them. And uh, very quickly, he... Uh, proved my bitterness wrong, and he started blessing the things that I gave to him in ways that went far beyond what I could have imagined, what I could have asked for, what I could have even tried to do myself. Um, trust me, I tried to bless my own life, and it hadn't worked very well. Um, <laughs> but, God, but God did a really fantastic job with it, and so that summer I really grew uh, to understand not only more about the fact that he is good, but the fact that um, he... He can use things that even draw us away from him for a time to, to draw us closer to him. Um, I like to think that he knew me better than I knew myself, and he knew that I couldn't just grow up in a Christian family and accept things blindly. I had to, ha I had to fight them, and I had to 
reject them and I had to kind of have all of my own abilities smashed <laughs> for him to step in and be like, no, I, I'm still here. You've rejected me, you've abandoned me, you've um, really slandered my name to a lot of people. <laughs> but, um, but I've been here this whole time and I've even used the things like the anxiety and the depression to, to draw you closer to what will make you whole again and to what will make you your life meaningful. Um, and so that was a really eye-opening thing for me. That was really my first encounter with grace and what it meant to be loved despite the fact that I didn't deserve it and to be given life despite the fact that I didn't earn it. Um, and so that was really my first encounter and my first experience to, um, to give my life back to Jesus. That was that moment when I became, in my mind, um, a Jesus follower. And so I went to uh, college after that summer. I was on you know, the honeymoon phase. I you know, read my Bible every day during the sunrise. It was great. Never, oh my gosh, that was a long time ago. But, um, but and I got involved in this Christian group. Uh, now it's called Crew. It's Campus Crusade back then. But um, it was really a good experience for me to be with fellow believers who are my age. And the ministry, if you have a chance to support a college ministry, or if you're a youth and you have a chance to find a college ministry, do it. It might not seem like the cool thing, but trust me, after a couple like laser tag games, it becomes the cool thing. And you develop friendships that will carry you through. All my friends, I've graduated college a couple years ago, and um, I like to pretend I'm old. <laughs> it's fun. But okay, so um, all my friends that I still have now, my closest, dearest, most supportive friends are those that I've met in that college ministry during college because we really grew together as human beings and as Christians, as followers of God, and they are the people who... Um, push me onward when I come to them. They're the people who come and not only make me laugh a lot, but uh, always bring me back to scripture and the truth. And that is something that I will never regret doing in my life. And um, so even through that, how are we doing on time? You got another minute. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking fast enough. This is great. Okay. So during that time, it was still kind of a God and me mentality. Um, I came to faith with just kind of God and me in, a, in my bedroom. Um, and so I figured I can live this life just God and me. I don't really need other people. I don't want to drag them into the mess that is Caitlin. Um, and that continued even in the college ministry until this thing called a summer project. Crew does these things called summer projects. You can go and live in a different place for anywhere up to two months. Uh, I was in Wildwood, New Jersey. And uh, we lived in a one house, 45 college kids there to minister to the people around us. We got jobs. We were um, trained in a lot of different ways of, I don't know, just sharing the gospel and understanding ourselves and our God better. And uh, it's kind of like introvert hell. <laughs> but I did okay. I survived. And through that, God uh, really taught me that um, there are parts of him that I cannot understand without the people around me and without really um, opening up to the people around me and letting them see the mess that's inside and therefore seeing God's redemptive work through them and through me sometimes and just all through his or in his glory. Like he just does crazy things to glorify himself and it's awesome when you're a part of it and when he involves you and he opens your eyes and you get to see him shining through no matter what it is, whether it's um, really deep struggles or whether it's even successes. Um, and so the last few years of my life, a lot of random events have come together in this mind-blowing sort of way where I'm in Hartford teaching violin uh, in a really urban community that have, it's very different from where I grew up. And um, I can't, I, and never in a million years would I have expected myself to be there. But God is still being glorified daily um, in ways that I would never even expect. And I've even gone through a year where it's been very uh, spiritually dry. <laughs> I haven't really felt his presence in, a, in literally almost an entire calendar year. And um, 
it's been difficult. But at the same time, I, the background that I have just has hmm, given life to the, the ability to trust that he is good even when I don't feel him. And he is here even when I don't feel him. And he has provided in a thousand different ways. I need to make a list, actually, this year of the ways that he has provided. Because I think if I can't feel his presence, at least I'll be able to see it on paper. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at now. These kind of testimonies don't have a nice, neat bow you can tie at the end because they're still ongoing. But uh, yeah, it's just the moral of the story is God is here and he is good. Thank you, Caitlin. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Kayla. So the, you know, the thrust of what I want you to hear there is, okay, here's somebody that uh, wrestled with God personally, made an effort when she got to UConn, big university, find you know, the youth group, find crew, and get involved in that. And, uh, and again, you know, it's not all onward and upward. You have these up and downs in life. Now, Kayla's story is totally different. Uh, uh, she pursued dance, and so Kayla, why don't you come on up and tell us your story as you pursued dance in a professional capacity. How did uh, your faith continue after high school? Well, um, yeah, my name's Kayla, and um, the beginning of my story is very similar to Caitlin's as far as uh, growing up and experiencing God in high school. Um, but I'm going to jump right into when I graduated and left. And um, I grew up studying ballet really intensely, and um, I wanted to use that uh, in a missional way. And um, it might sound kind of like, how does ballet and Jesus work together? It's a little random, but <laughs> it works really well because... Um, Dance is an art form that uh, goes beyond language barriers and cultural barriers. And so um, kind of like you see story ballets like the Nutcracker or Swan Lake, um, Jesus used stories to illustrate his points. And so you can use um, stories and you can use dance to um, kind of share who Jesus is in a way that someone might not expect or might not be used to hearing. And so it kind of um, gets past that initial like, oh, you're talking to Jesus now. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can kind of like get past that a little bit easier. Um, so it's been really neat to see how that works. And I moved to Syracuse, New York, um, about five and a half years ago to be a trainee with Light of the World Ballet, um, which is a professional uh, full-time Christian ballet company. And um, in my time there, I learned how to do that, how to use um, missions and dance together. And um, we got ministry training. We learned how to share testimonies and um, a lot of uh, just hands-on training, performing at least uh, four or five times a month in different parts of Syracuse and other parts of the state. Um, and uh, just letting Jesus work through those performances and um, seeing lots of salvations, lots of um, healings. We go to jails, we go to rehab centers, we, we go anywhere. <laughs> and it's really neat to see um, what God, God can do in those kind of environments. And um, so, oh, and we go on mission trips. I forgot that part. Um, <laughs> so that's another part of like, the world's vision is we love to see um, Jesus uh, be able to uh, minister to the nations. And um, so we've... So far, I've gone to um, Peru, India, Israel, Burma, um, Israel again, and then I'm going to back to Burma this uh, March. So um, I'm going to share a little bit about those, but it's just been really neat to see uh, God's heart for those people and what he could do there um, through dance, uh, which is really neat. Um, so after a few years of being a trainee, I um, became part of the company there, and basically I did everything I did, in, did before, but I added on... Um, more teaching. So now I get to disciple students as well. So um, I work with students uh, 11 or so up through 
our training program, so up through early 20s, and um, it's really to get to disciple those kids and uh, just let God um, really invest in them. And um, it's, I saw this one girl um, who last, just a year ago, she was um, really withdrawn. You could see she was just constantly struggling with jealousy and um, just had that, like, really tough time in her teenage years. And um, I was kind of, like, keeping my eye on her and, like, praying for her and trying to encourage her. And um, in the past, like, six months, you've just, I've just seen her blossom. It's been so neat to see she turn into this girl who's totally free and totally, um, like, knows that God loves her um, and has been really freed up from a lot of that stuff. So it's really neat to see God working those students, again, through dance. We're able to use dance to um, be our way to reach uh, these kids and bring Bible studies into our dance classes. Um, so uh, in my time there, I began to see God answer prayer, and it began to really overcome a lot of my fears. And um, while I was in Peru, um, it was my first mission trip, and I had shared my testimony a few times. And growing up, I was, like, painfully shy. Pain- I-, I can't tell you. Like, <laughs> I went through this period where I literally didn't talk for a while. <laughs> um, my teachers thought I had, like, joked I had t- taken a vow of silence. And, yeah, talking was not not my thing. <laughs> um, and I, so I had read my testimony a few times, but I would just hide behind my notes and read them literally as fast as I possibly could and get through it. <laughs> um, and that was the time that uh, my director really was encouraging me, like, try not using your notes. I think God will work through you. <laughs> um, and I was just terrified. And so uh, I tried to prepare, but as soon as I tried talking, my mind would, it was like a total mental block for me. And um, I felt like God asking if I trusted him. And so I shared my testimony that night, and each, uh, I had a translator, and so I would, uh, every time I needed a sentence, it would just come to mind one sentence at a time, and I would let the translator speak, and then the next sentence would come just in time. And at one point, I thought, oh, this isn't so bad. Maybe I can do this, and then I couldn't remember the next part. So if there's any doubt in your mind (laughs) that it was God, (laughs) it was definitely him. (laughs) So since then, um, that's been something he's really developed in me, and um, it's really neat to see how let, um, help me overcome that fear. Uh, so, for anyone here, if God calls you to something way beyond yourself and way beyond your usual comfort zone, um, he'll meet you there, and it's really um, a really scary but fun process. Um, another thing that uh, he really started to work in me was teaching me that um, God is our father. That's like a personal thing. That's not just um, he's our father in general, like for the general Christian world. Um, <laughs> he as our father, is a really, like, he's my father. He's, like, it's, it's a really personal thing. And it was when I was in Israel, and at that point I had been on a couple trips and been at a lot of orphanages performing. Um, and I was at this orphanage in Israel, and, and um, we were interacting with the kids after, and it, I remember just hitting me, like, the reality of I was orphaned spiritually, and, and you adopted me. Like, how real that is when you, um, when you really, like, let it hit you, it's so personal, and, um, and letting that become your identity. I am his adopted child. He loves me. I'm his loved adopted child. When that, the more real that becomes, the more freeing it is. Um, and so just letting that um, kind of shape me has been a huge, so again, I especially encourage the youth, let that, let, just let yourself think about that and let yourself really um, dwell on that because it's really freeing. Um, and the last point I want to share really quick is um, about a a little over a year ago, um, I got to this point where I was just feeling exhausted all the time. And I 
and that kind of freaked me out because I didn't want to get burned out. I wanted to keep doing what I was doing. Um, and it was just no matter how much rest I took, I felt like I was like drained. I had nothing to give. Um, and I had to let God really teach me that um, you have to have those times where you let him fill you up in order to pour out. Um, and I, uh, leaving high school, I had so much vision for all these things I wanted to do. And I didn't just want to be a Christian. I wanted to be like the Christian who did lots of things. Um, and <laughs> those have been really fun, and I've loved them. Um, I'm not saying that, that those things, that fruit isn't good, but I had to learn that um, to pursue intimacy with Christ first, and fruit um, will flow from there. And so um, I still struggle with that, and I still find myself like wanting to do all these things, um, but I have, to, I have to pursue him first and let him um, bring stuff out of that place. So I just wanted to, again, encourage youth especially, um, pursue him first because then whatever he wants to do out of that will be so much better than what you could do on your own. So, um, yeah, that's just something he's been teaching me more recently. Thank you all. All right, now we're going to uh, put their two gifts uh, to practice here. We're going to have them do a, a dance with uh, Kayla and Caitlin. So... Yeah, I think uh, some of us could never do that, no matter how much practice we had. <laughs> and to think, they just pulled that off, you know, spontaneously. Well, uh, now we've got a, a different story, Eliza Birchman. And uh, Eliza uh, went through HLI and uh, then into college. And uh, I want uh, you to hear from Liza. Thanks, Liza, for being willing uh, to share. When you stand up here, they won't see you. Well, I just wanted to pray for a moment. I have something I want to thank God for today. So, God, I just want to thank you so much for the parents who are in this room. Thank you so much for the work that they do. God, thank you so much for the, the way that they have just worked and discipled me in my life. And I pray, God, that you would help them to have strength and just to keep going in their families, God, to keep going in their lives every day. And I thank you so much, God, for the way that you are building up our parents here. Thank you so much, God, for the important role that they play. Amen. <laughs> That's really what I wanted to talk about. Um, I know that Pastor Rob wanted me to talk about how my faith has really been growing after high school. But really, my story begins before high school. When I was in middle school, um, in 2 Timothy 1, 5, it says, Paul was saying to Timothy, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois 
and your mother Eunice, and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. And truthfully, that's something that, I mean, your kids, discipleship, it's a family business. It is a family business, and this, this church is a family business, and we, I would like to think of it that way. And my story in middle school with me, it begins as I transferred out of private school, and I went into public school for the first time, had no clue what was going on. And I began to question me, who I was. And it just really shook me to the core. And I began to question who I was and God and, and all the gifts that God placed in me. And that was the time that I really began to become a part of youth ministry. Someone in my church family saw the leadership gifting in me and they called it out of me. That was so huge. They called me out and they asked me, hey, do you want to come to winter retreat? And I thought to myself, you know what? I don't have anything to lose at this point, so I'm just going to go. And I met God there. I met God in the middle of a worship service when somebody was praying. If I, if I never listened to the person here who called me out and who said to me, Liza, I see a strong leadership gifting in you and I want you to go, I would have never met God the way that I did. That was life-changing for me. And I really do feel like that's what this church family has done for me. This family of parents, this family of Jesus followers has really just called me out and has discipled me and they do this for every single young person here and that was so vital for me. Um, another thing too is that I would not have been the strong believer that I am today if my parents didn't make it their personal responsibility and their personal business to disciple me. My parents from day one have included me on all of their little things that they do at church. Um, from FCCH, uh, if you don't know, that's the first congregational church in Hopkinton. Um, we used to serve by cooking meals for a halfway house. And we were there almost every single week just making a meal. And I remember to myself that if my parents never set that example, then how would I know that those people needed help? And even here, my parents have been serving in ministry and they've been a really strong guiding hand for that. And if I never had that example, then how would I know where to go or who to follow? So truthfully, I'm very thankful. I'm even thankful for the youth workers who are here because without their strong leadership, I wouldn't have been able to figure out who I am, where I'm going, and really, without them, I wouldn't have even known that I could attend HLI, the Heroic Leadership Institute. I went there for a year after high school, and I was poured into there, and my leadership gifting was built up there. And something that HLI taught me was that no matter where you are in life, a leader serves. But that's what I learned here. You know? I... I just left that year being so thankful, so filled up with gratefulness that I had a church family that had poured into me and built me up so much 
that they saw me through some of the most difficult times in my life. And I can tell you that that, that seed that you all planted has really paid off. It, it's growing because in my college right now, I am working with a group of teens right now, about my age, who are going to be putting on a prayer ministry. I go to a Christian college and there's no prayer ministry. It's amazing to me. And half of the student body, I asked the, the ministry leader at the ministry center and she said that she doesn't even know if half the kids go to church on a Sunday. They all go to Bedside Baptist. So, hey, you never know, Bedside Baptist is pretty popular. But yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys so much. I am so thankful. Thank you, Eliza, that was, that was great. You know, the scripture verse that uh, Eliza, I think, is really preaching to is Proverbs 22, 6. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And, uh, you know, one of the mysteries to me when I speak to people that uh, are trying to raise their kids or in the faith or they're not, is they'll often say to me, Rob, you know, I'm just going to leave it up to my kids. Uh, let them figure it out. Let them figure out if they should go to church or shouldn't go to church. And I'm always mystified by that response because would you say to your kids, look, uh, decide if you want to go to school or not. You know, just if you want to go to school, go. If you don't want to go to school, don't. I mean, you know, I mean, we'd say that's absurd. No kid wants to go to school. rather sit at home and play TV, you know, watch TV or whatever. I don't know. Uh, so in a similar way, as Liza just said, there's been investment in parents, uh, you know, to say, hey, kids, this is a good thing. Let me show you. Let me pray for you. Uh, lastly, I want to have my daughter Megan uh, come up. Uh, Megan went to a liberal school, uh, Ithaca College, or is still there now. Uh, and um, Megan, why don't you share your experience on how you've pursued Christ? Hey, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me... Most of you know kind of my story growing up. I grew up here, clearly. Um, but for me, taking that step into college, it was a question of, okay, Lord, how are we going to do this? Um, I knew going in that I wasn't going to a Christian school, but I also knew that there were resources around. So my freshman year, I got plugged into the Christian community, um, which at my school is called the Protestant Community, ICPC for short, Ithaca College Protestant Community. Um, it's the only Christian group on campus. And that was an incredible experience for me. It still is. Um, that is where I have found some of my lifelong friends, like Caitlin has said, haven't left yet, but they're just awesome people. Um, and that's really the place where I've been able to, to grow and develop um, in my walk with the Lord. That's really been the thing that's keeping my faith um, new and exciting. It's given me opportunities to serve and to lead. Um, so I really got plugged in there. But then I also found the Ithaca Vineyard Church, and I knew coming in that um, I still had a strong love for the church body. For me, a campus ministry wasn't just enough. Um, for me, a campus ministry was an amazing place to connect with people my age, to do um, ministry with people my age, to outreach and evangelize with my cohort, but that I wanted kind of the whole generation feel. I needed um, a body outside of just my campus. So I plugged into the Ithaca Vineyard Church, um, which has been a really amazing opportunity as well. And throughout my years um, at Ithaca, I'm a senior. This is my kind of my last year. I've got a grad year, so I'm still sticking around. <laughs> um, but through my years at the Vineyard, 
I've really been able to um, dive into children's ministry and kind of continue some of the things that I was doing here, which has been really incredible to dive into small groups there and connect on the generational uh, scheme. Um, and also going to, you know, moving away, going other places. I saw the opportunity for lots of other types of churches, and a lot of my friends were church hopping and bouncing around. So I went to some other types of churches, and I fell back on my love for, for the vineyard and for this feel. I really fell in love with um, how the vineyard does the Holy Spirit. I really enjoyed prayer ministry. I really enjoyed being able to really connect intimately in worship. Um, and kind of the founding beliefs of the vineyard I really missed in other churches, so I landed back at the vineyard. And throughout my time at college, um, I'm now serving as uh, the chair for the outreach committee with the ICPC, and so that's been a really amazing opportunity, um, kind of looking at, okay, oh, guys, like, how are we going to reach our campus? There are still so many people on our campus who don't know the Lord, um, because super liberal, and we've got, like, everything under the sun, but what's been really exciting for me is that like the Lord is working ridiculously. Like it's so exciting. Like he is doing so many things. And you know, people have preconceived notions that, oh no, you go to like a liberal school, like it's gonna be so hard. And like it's true, but like man, like I met a friend in philosophy class and um, you know, philosophy, so it's like arguments for and against the belief of existence of God and yada yada yada. And this guy was having a hard time and so we were studying together in a group and stuff and through that, he became a believer and started coming to church with me, and it's been so exciting um, seeing this friend of mine just grow in the Lord, and like, he, like now he's serving in children's ministry. It's just like really fun, and um, yeah, and through my work, and yeah, amen, Sue. <laughs> so it's just been really exciting seeing some of my other friends and um, just coming to know the Lord, you know, through, whether it's through work, I work in catering and do some research on campus, and you know, friends that you make through that, coming to know the Lord, and so it's been really exciting um, opportunity getting to be in an, an environment where you have lots of, um, you have a big web, you have so many connections, right, you're involved in so many things, it's also involved in track and field, <coughs> sorry, track and field, um, and so getting to meet people through that, um, but then getting to do life with people and coming to know Christ through them. <laughs> showing Christ to them just through life has really been um, an amazing opportunity and a, and a real blessing to me getting to, to see people come to know the Lord. Um, and we've also been able to do some like larger outreach event events with the PC. So it's really been an incredible opportunity. And um, yeah, for me, college has not been, it hasn't been a dry spot. It's really been a high spot. It's really been exciting getting to plug in, getting to, you know, have late night worship sessions, like we can do whatever we want, we can just go around, we can worship, we can pray, um, and we can just have like a really awesome time with the Lord, so um, it's really been an incredible time so far, serving the Lord in college, and I'm really looking forward to continuing that um, through my grad year, so thanks guys. Thanks, Megan. So again, i just trying to uh, encourage parents, particularly uh, the parents of our teens, uh, different avenues, some have gone to college, some have gone to dance, some have gone to HLI and then college. There's no one path. Uh, you know your kid and you know how God has made them and designed them. Uh, and you know, the, the main and the plain is what many of you do. You bring your kids here when they're young, they, they uh, understand what faith is through going through different years in children's ministry and then uh, being part of a youth group. And youth group uh, is fun and challenging because the youth have a lot of energy and youth want to take risks. 
And so we love to send the youth out uh, on missions trips or on Project Timothy, where we're calling leaders and saying, okay, act like leaders, let me train you to be a leader, think like a leader, serve like a leader, and come back and do that. Uh, but I, I also want to just uh, finish off by saying this. Uh, for many of you, this is a painful topic because your kids, you know, have, for whatever reason, walked away or they don't enjoy church or you tried your, your best and it hasn't happened or uh, not yet. Uh, so I, I would like to uh, just uh, uh, pray as we, as we end uh, in this way. Uh, Jesus, I just pray a blessing on all the kids, all our youth, those that have shared. But Lord, I also just pray for um, the parents that are here that would love their kids to be excited about you. And Jesus, I just ask that you would reveal yourself to each one of them. Lord, that uh, you would hear the prayers of their parents and that you would figure out uh, what unique path you have for each of them. But that each child that's being prayed for, that whose parents are in this church, Lord, would experience your love personally. And when we uh, lift up our concerns for our kids to you, Lord, that we know that you've got them and you will guide them. So, Lord, I just pray a blessing on the parents. I pray for peace for them. And Lord, I just pray that you give them wisdom to know how to parent their kids at whatever stage of life they're in. Uh, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, if the worship team uh, come on up and, um, and close out in some worship. And I, you know, I, I just want to make a special thanks to some of the youth leaders we, uh, in a church our size to have a, a youth um, leadership team is actually a, a real privilege uh, it's hard to pay for a youth pastor when you're a small church and yet it's such a vital role and so uh, I, you know I just thank Jeff uh, Biggers for taking that role on primarily now you know Jeff's in his late 50s and he's dealing with uh, teenagers that have high energy uh, and uh, before uh, Jeff, we had Laura Bowman and, and Luke and Laura Glenn before Laura Bowman. And we've just had a, a, you know, a flow of different uh, and dedicated people investing in our kids. And, and I just wanted to thank them for that. And then uh, lastly, as a really a, a form of an announcement, uh, Kayla, who was dancing for us, uh, is working for a ministry called Light of the World. And uh, she's, as she said, she's been there for five years. Now, here's the thing. She's self-funding, self-financing, and she is spreading the gospel around the world through dance. Uh, and I know from uh, trying to send our kids on missions trips, uh, this church has been very uh, gracious and has always tried to help every kid experience uh, a, a missions trip. Uh, but when you send your same kid again and again and again. It gets progressively harder to raise the money. Now for Kayla, she's been uh, going at this for five years. And if any of you would like to support her, uh, or if you'd like to contribute, uh, you can make a check to her ministry. It's called Light of the World. Or if you want to uh, give it here to the vineyard, you forget who to make it out to. Just say, you know, for Kayla, we'll give, give it to her. But just consider, Kayla, she's not going to make a pitch. She's not going to ask for money. But, uh, you know, uh, I think she's doing an awesome job. And I just thank you for your incredible generosity 
for all of those youth that we've invested in year in and year out. Why don't we stand and uh, let's worship.